What's up, everyone from all around the world, including Canada, USA, Long Island, plus the five boroughs of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, and Queens. I'm here to guide and help you about Anchor. Anchor is a free hosting site and phone app, which is owned by Spotify. It's the easiest, awesome way to make a podcast. Why are you wasting your money paying for a hosting site to promote your podcast with limited storages? Forget about it. Let me break it down to you. There's creation tools that allow you to record, edit, monetize, add music, intros, music outros, especially distribute your podcast to streaming platforms, uploading episodes with limited storages of your podcast right from your phones, computers, laptops, and tablets. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Plus, you get paid some money in your pocket from sponsorships. Excellent. These are the keys you need to make a podcast, including the listeners supporting your show. That way, you can listen to the episodes of my show, Off the Meat Rack Chain's New York podcast, the unfiltered comedy entertainment show about the stories mixed with entertainment news, music, real life segments, and much more. Now. Where can you find, follow, and listen to the show, you ask? You can follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram, all in one word, off the Meat Rat Chains New York podcast. Alongside with my other show, Meticulous Vibe Juice podcast, and my primary handle, G Money Stacks 555 in Queens, New York. Now, the streaming platforms goes like this We are on Anchor. Audio Burst, Breaker, Podorama, Listen Notes, Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, Podchaser, Pocket Cast, Podcast Addict, Player FM, TuneIn, Reason FM. We are on Podfriend, Podorama, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. If you have a dream of creating and becoming a podcaster like myself and individual friends that is co-hosting with me, go download the free Anchor app or you can check out anchor.fm to get started. Take advantage of the opportunity that's thrown in your face. If I could do it and reach success, so can you. I'm G Money Stacks. Thank you for listening. Let's go.
Yes, good evening, USA, International, Canada, Long Island, a.k.a. Strong Island, plus the five spots of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, the Queens. This is your man, G-Money Stacks, a.k.a. The Greginator, YouTuber, creator, host with the most, missing the still lonely nomad, unstoppable independent podcaster, and rookie podcaster of Laurelton, Queens, New York. And you're rocking and hanging out with me on the 227th episode of Off the Meat Rack Chains New York podcast. Live and direct from StreamYard alongside with YouTube and aside of myself is the Instagram live feed. So make sure you turn on your notifications so you can see me in action based on the topics that's going to be discussed today. <clears throat> now, if you'd like to support this show, um, all you need to do is make a charitable donation to my cash app right here. Um, yeah, that's dollar sign G Money Stacks 555. That's dollar sign capital G lowercase M O N E Y capital S lowercase T A C K Z 555. You don't have to be from a rich family to to show moral support. It's all about doing the best you can as a human being and and whatever amount you are comfortable with that you desire that you desire will be appreciated so there you go right there now in the meantime why don't you go ahead and grab that grab that subscribe button for me on the youtube channel page of g money stacks 555 and Tap that noni noni bell so you can be reminded when the show goes in the air via live stream alongside with um, the reminder of the, t the the time of the recording live stream. Leave a like and a comment along with the episodes. Share the episodes, share the videos. And of course, be sure to be sure to do some catching up on the episodes that you missed by listening, streaming, and watching. And of course, tell a friend to another friend. Stay tuned for more video content, upcoming episodes, and previous episodes. All right. <clears throat> um, for the most part, um, let's get into. All right, so we're gonna get into. We're gonna get into um cutting we're gonna cut to the chase with with this segment right here. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute here. Wait, 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 wait. Yes, here we are, here we are, right here. All right, here it is. The New York Mass Transit Files. We got some transit stuff to talk about here. Unfortunately, I got some bad news for for everyone in New York that takes the seven train from Manhattan to Queens. Um, so here's what's happening here, and this is according to AMMY. Unfortunately, the Metropolitan Transportation Authority will shut down seven train service into and out of Manhattan for six weekends starting next month. 
as the authority installs elevators at Queensborough Plaza to make the station accessible under the Americans with Disabilities Act. The 7 will not run between Queensborough Plaza and 34th Street, Hudson Yards, starting the weekend of February 4th. That weekend, service will be shuttered from 12.15 a.m. Saturday, February 4th to 5 a.m. Monday, February 6th, the International Express will also shutter from 3.45 a.m., Saturday to 10 p.m., Sunday on the weekends of February 11th, February 25th, March 11th, March 25th, and April 22nd. Seven train riders from further in Queens will be able to transfer to the N or W trains at Queensborough Plaza to head into manhattan while long island city res residents can also take the e f m or r trains at other stations in in the neighborhood free shuttle bus service will operate along the, the seven corridor from queensborough plaza to vernon boulevard jackson avenues and from Times square to hudson yards while the W train will be activated for weekend service. Following the end of weekend outages on the 7th, the work at Queensboro Plaza will necessitate similar weekend outages on the end line starting in May, the MTA says. The weekend outages will enable the MCA to get to work on installing two elevators at the above ground Queensboro Plaza, New Yorker's third favorite subway station, with one connecting the street and, and mezzanine level, and another connecting the mezzanine to the platforms, along, allowing New Yorkers with disabilities across, excuse me, access to the station. The work will also see the installation of new ADA accessible platform edges, upgrades to the pedestrian bridge, and an expansion of the station's mezzanine. Also on deck are upgrades to the fire alarm um, CCTV and public address systems, plus new digital information screens. The improvements coming to Queensboro Plaza will greatly benefit tens of thousands of riders, said NYC Transit President Richard Davey in a statement, end quote, accessibility is such an integral part of mass transit, especially for a city like New York, where mass transit is essential for many. When complete, the project will provide critical accessibility upgrades, security up updates, and customer experience improvements throughout the station. The overall project on the south side of the station will cost about $74 million and is expected to be completed in 2024, which is next year, at which point 
the station will be fully ADA accessible. Um, the project will run in tandem with another to create a new fully accessible entrance at the station's north flank in partnership with Grub Properties under the Zoning for Accessibility Program. Under that program, developers of properties adjacent to subway stations can build up can build higher than existing city zoning regulations if they are also construct an elevator to make the station accessible more than three decades after the passage of the americans with disabilities act the subway system remains frustratingly inaccessible for people with disabilities the elderly and others for whom climbing stairs is a, is a challenge less than 30 percent of the, the city's 472 stations were ada accessible of as of last year in june the mta settled a lawsuit by disability advocates pledging to make 95 percent of subway stations accessible by 2055 that's a long ass time, man. That's a long ass time right there, man. <laughs> and speaking of a long ass time, man, we got another we got another one we gotta get to. Um so City Bike bumps up prices by eleven percent starting in the new year, of course, which already started actually. So this is more of a recap topic. City Bike has informed its riders that prices will go up next year, citing the impact of inflation on the bike share system's bottom line. The, the cost of an annual membership will rise next month by just shy of 11% from $185 to $205, while the base fee for a single trip will bump 12.5% from 3 Three dollars and ninety nine cents to four dollars and forty nine cents. Day passes will see the biggest jump, a twenty six percent upswing from fifteen to nineteen percent. City Vice Equity membership for low income New Yorkers will stay at five dollars per month but per minute charges for e-bikes will rise for those members from five to six cents per minute <laughs> e-bike fees for members will go up from 15 to 17 cents per minute and for non-members the charge will increase from 23 to 26 cents sheesh lift the right the ride share giant which owns the 30,000 vehicle bike share program known for its distinctive blue two-wheeler informed members of the price increase in an email on Thursday. Our team is made of passionate riders who use the system daily, said Lyft spokesperson Jordan Levine in a statement. We are all committed to working with our city partners and doing our best to provide world-class service create enhanced value for members and increase 
ec equitable access for clean transportation options while running a financially sustainable system. A spokesperson for the City Department of Transportation, which oversees the program's use of street space, said it will engage with the company to ensure that the program remains affordable. That's a that's a fucking big if. DOT's goal is to provide New Yorkers equitable, safe, and convenient bike share service, said the spokesperson Vin Barone. We continue to discuss our to discuss with our service provider how to achieve these mutual goals. Lyft sa says City Bike has not been spared with has has not been spared the wrath of uncertain economic headwinds, with inflation doing a number on the system's supply chain by raising the price of bike components, materials, and shipping. The, the company has touted a plan to electrify its docks so its growing e-bike fleet can charge automatically, preventing costly and inconvenient battery replacement runs. It's the second year in a row that the company has raised its fares, with last year's hike also pinned on the, the pangs of inflation. The company, like many others, in the tech world, laid off hundreds of staffers last month after a brutal year that saw its stock price collapse by more than 75%. Nonetheless, the company still plans to expand City Bike further into the outer boroughs, aiming to have 40,000 bikes in the system by the end of 2024. Amid post-slamdemic bike boom in the Big Apple, <sighs> I'm you know I'm not really I don't know I'm not really I'm not really sold on e-bikes though to be honest with you. And one of my workers from um for where I work was was um telling me that I should buy an e-bike. But the thing here's the thing about e-bikes though, man. Look, I remember um being taught how to ride a bike right but but at the same time when, when it comes when it comes to e-bikes and stuff it's a whole different avenue and and the thing about where to charge the e-bikes it has to be it has to be somewhere away from apartments it has to be somewhere away from from houses you know what i'm saying I don't know, man. Like, I'm not really, I'm not really sold on that shit, though, man. And I'm not riding a bike in a fucking cold weather. That is not happening. <laughs> that is not fucking happening, man. <laughs> you can, you can bet your life on that shit. Not me. <laughs> oh man. Um. Okay, so Lyft is also considering benefits to loyal customers, Levine said, including improvements to its Bike Angels Reward program that offers perks to riders who rent bikes from crowded stations and dock them at empty ones. Well, um, let's see. Let's see what we got on the agenda today. Um, oh, boy. 
Okay. Um, one moment. All right, we got some um, messy topics that we got to get into. And, of course, chatting all the jazz right here. So let's get into it right here. This is very, very, very serious, folks. Hang on one second. All right, our first topic on on chatting on the jazz is is a very serious one, and we need to talk about Jer- Jeremy Renner. Been hearing a lot about this guy. Who? So, a little recap of what went down, actually. So, here's what's happening. This is according to um, Entertainment Weekly, the website. Jeremy Renner is out of the hospital and back home after he was crushed in a snowplow accident. <laughs> the actor shared the update Monday night on Twitter, writing that he was able to tune into the season two premiere of his crime drama, drama Mayor of Kingston, with his family. Well... And it's on Paramount Plus if you want to check it out, folks. Um, the update comes after more than two weeks of hospitalization. Renner suffered blunt chest trauma and orthopedic injuries after he was run over by a snowplow on his property in Nevada on New Year's Day. According to the to the Washoe Country Sheriff's Office, Renner got behind the wheel of his snowplow to assist a family member whose vehicle had gotten stuck in the snow. He was able to free the vehicle from the snow and got out of the snowplow to speak to the family member when the plow began to roll and run him over. (laughs) Renner was conscious and talking when first responders arrived at the scene. Authorities said he was airlifted to a local hospital and underwent surgery the following day, where he remained in critical critical but stable condition. Washoe County Sheriff Darren Balam said, authorities are investigating why the plow began to roll in a January 3rd press conference. We do not suspect any foul play, Balam said. We believe this was a tragic accident. On the day of the press conference, the Avengers the Avengers actor shared a photo from his hospital his hospital bed on Instagram and thanked friends and fans for support. Reps for Renner didn't immediately respond to EW's request for comment following his return home um yeah 
and this is kind of crazy. Um, let me see. What else? What else? What else? What else? Oh, wait. And of course, Marvel co-stars wish Jeremy Renner well as he breaks it breaks silence at the snowplow accident. So Jeremy Renner, um, let me see, was helping the family. Yeah, got that covered. So yeah, I'm really glad that he that Jeremy Renner is getting better though. And and speaking and speaking of snow, speaking of snow, this is crazy though, man. So Buffalo, New York had an avalanche of snow. Buffalo, New York had an avalanche of snow um weeks ago. So <clears throat> so this is what so this is what's going on according to people. And Dell Taylor, age 22 of Charlotte, was traveling home from work in Buffalo, New York, when she became stuck. Her family told a local news station, oh boy, a North Carolina woman is a, among the victims who died during the historic blizzard that impacted the Buffalo area of New York over the holiday weekend. And um, Dell Taylor, age 22, of Charlotte, was traveling home from work in, in Buffalo when her car became stuck in the snow, a family told ABC affiliate WSOC-TV. Taylor's family believes she was trapped inside her car for 18 hours before she died, per the report. Her death, her death comes shortly after her 23rd birthday. There's been a lot of crying. Um, Shaniqua Brown, Taylor's sister, told the outlet. Um, Taylor is one of the one of at least 27 people in Buffalo that died as a result of the storm. At least 50 people have died nationwide. On Monday, New York's um, Erie County Executive Mark um, Palancar said. Some people died as emergency responders experienced storm-related delays while trying to reach those who were stranded amid frigid temperatures. <laughs> Taylor's family believes she is one of those victims, WSOC reported. They said she had called 911 when her car got stuck in the snow, but that help never came i feel like everybody that tried to get to her got stuck tamisha brown taylor's sister told the outlet fire department police everybody got stuck taylor told her family in a group chat that the snow was accumulating quickly and shared video footage of snow covering her car windows according to wsoc report she was telling my sister that she was scared, Brown said. Wanda Brown Steele, Taylor's mother, told the outlet that her daughter intended to walk home after sleeping in her car during the storm. She believes Taylor died of carbon monoxide poisoning. The car was running and the snow was still coming. So it blocked the pipes, the exhaust, the exhaust pipe, 
Steele said per the report. After the car cut off, she added that's when she iced up. More than 15 more than fifteen thousand dollars has been raised via GoFundMe for Taylor's family in the wake of the twenty-two year old's sudden death. As you may as you all may know, one of my daughters, our sister, your friend, has passed away by accident in a blizzard that occurred in Buffalo, New York, December 23rd and 24th. Taylor's sister wrote on the fundraising site. She was stuck in her car for hours, days, which caused the snow to continue to build up on her car, causing her to be able to get out. We are currently trying to put services together to say our final goodbyes. Anything and everything you assist us with, added Shaniqua Brown, will be greatly appreciated. Damn, that's the that's a fucking mess. That's a good thing I don't live upstate though, because when it comes to a fucking avalanche of snow, that's not something you play around with, man. So anytime there's a bad weather, when it comes to an avalanche of snow, you might want to you might want to think first before. You do anything. You feel what I'm saying? So, um, that's just the lesson right there, folks. Um, let's see. <laughs> oh, we got another messy, messy topic that we gotta get to right here. Um, we got a messy topic that we gotta get into, man. And this this happened recently, actually, and I actually wanted to um And this happened most recently. Um, and this is pertaining to um, the the ground beef between Master P and Romeo. Oh, boy. And this is from BT.com. Um, all right. So Master P is extending an olive, an olive branch to his son, Romeo Miller, in hopes that they can squash their public dispute that raged over the weekend. The beef began when No Limit founder addressed the recent suicide of DJ dancer Steven Twitch boss, which prompted Miller to allege that he that his dad neglects his own child's mental health struggles. After the, the initial post about Twitch's tragic passing made by Master P, Romeo posted a poem titled The Tree of Trauma on Instagram, expressing his long history of frustrations with his father. Then P made a now-deleted IG post accusing Romeo of being part of a generation that blames their parents for everything and that he won't tolerate disrespect. I'm the one who set T sick sick up the family meeting to to talk after after tie tie death 
that meaning was regarding as disrespectful for being transparent romeo replied in a sense deleted comment i pulled up to the crib time and time after that you and you deflect i texted you countless times and you reply and deflect social media is only is the only way you communicate now you want to talk anything to protect that image um i loved you so much that i followed you blindly for 30 years 30 plus years you know we've talked behind closed doors he added you aren't the man who you paint to be and why is it war because i refuse to follow your lead you only want to protect your image but the image isn't even real and i don't need anyone to feel sorry for me pops i'm truly a man of god if you are really a man of god then you will prevail in the end even when i share my truth after a revealing and bitter back and forth between father and the father and son which included instagram posts and comments master p um issued what some may interpret as an apology to romeo i love my family my door is always open for my son he said in an instagram video on sunday and if i'm wrong forgive me i'm apologizing to you if i'm wrong i'm still a work in progress i come from nothing everybody go through trauma i'm dealing with this right now but i love going out into the community and helping people that's the way i heal allow me to heal he added i don't have to be sitting around moaning and crying and crying i can't get my daughter back but i can go out there and keep her legacy going master be concluded so let let's do this in love let's do this in peace think about it we stronger together but you older now you so you got to lead by example for the rest of the kids and we'll get through this i'm just telling y'all keep your prayers we need it and god gonna do what he gotta do i'm not gonna come on here no more so bloggers and everything else is cool whatever you you want to deal with deal with romeo whatever y'all think he is he's saying it's true or whatever that's cool too i can live with it i'm at peace now i had to speak my peace so while the handshake extension was there master p did sub romeo by claiming his son avoided his calls for months and questioned why he hasn't been able to replicate his success so my question to romeo is if you've been been in this in the business for as long as you've been in and you a 30 something year old man and if you've been around me watching me hustle and do any and do my thing why are you not where you want to be at he said because that means you you're not listening that means you want to do your own thing you done brought your own circle of people but you can't get mad at me Additionally, Master P accused his son of being ungrateful and claimed he has a sheltered upbringing. That's the problem. When you take your kids and you protect them from the real struggle and the pain, 
and you don't allow them to deal with their own consequences, he said. And then when they grow older, they say, oh, you never gave me nothing. At 30-something, man, people can go back and and look, you've been shining for a long time, son. All you got to do is pick up the phone and call me or come to the house and holler at me. Hold on. In an additional since deleted IG post, Master P questioned his son's motives for speaking out altogether. I thought this was about DJ Twitch and about my daughter's death. He wrote, this is heartbreaking. You just exposed that this is really about money. He added, I worked hard to get my family out of out the ghetto. Every time I fall off, I got up and went to work. I didn't blame anyone for my failures. You started this social media rant. So what's your plan besides showing the world you're, you are entitled spoiled at 30 plus and throwing a tantrum on social media? Well, well, that's just, uh, well, this is crazy. Well, for one, you know, not everybody, you know, look, it's a tough one right here. And I can't really, I can't really say it's easy to settle uh, a dis- an argument or what or beef, whatever it is. It, it can be, it can be complicated at times, which is understandable. And I think I saw somewhere, um, I think I saw somewhere um, where they squashed their beef. We're going to get to that one right here. We're going to get to that one right there, man. Because I think there's a lesson, there's a lesson about all this. Um, So here it is. Okay, so so Master P and Romeo Miller are entering 2023 as allies, not adversaries, after squashing their feud. The father and son duo became embroiled in a bitter and public back and forth in the run-up to Christmas, with both men airing out their grievances with with one another on social media. But as 2022 came to a close on Saturday, um, December 31st, Master P and Romeo came together to hash out their differences and leave their issues in the past. In an Instagram post welcomed by many of his 2.1 million followers, Romeo shared a photo of him and his father embracing each other while reviewing they had very hard conversations in order to mend their relationship. In order to be used, you have to be willing to be misunderstood and humiliated sometimes, he wrote. I'm willing to fall on my sword for mine. It was never about parent versus child or this false narrative or that. It was about doing whatever had to be done for the growth of my family. Today, December 31st, me and my father, Master P, had 
had very hard conversations, ironically, outside in the rain. But in order for my generation to grow, that communication has to be had and reciprocated on both sides. The good, the bad, and the ugly. No matter, no matter the journey ahead, our family can truly begin to heal. And I believe many others will use our story as an example to learn from. Romeo ended his message by pay, paying tribute to his late sister, Tatiana Miller, who passed away in May 2022 due to an accidental overdose writing. What a way to close the year. Um, yeah. And um, Masterpiece shared the same photo on his own Instagram page, along with a message emphasizing um, growth, self-accountability, family unity, and a focus on the future. Happy New Year's 2023 is all about forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Pressing toward the goal, Philippians 3.13, he wrote, as a parent, I'm growing, taking self-accountability, and educating my family and the next generation. He added, love takes growth and forgiveness. Seek God first and everything else will fall into place. Um, at Romeo Miller and to all of my kids, we are, we all we got. Meet Mill, Ludacris, Buster Rhymes, Deion Sanders, Isaiah Thomas, and Lena Waite were among those who applauded Master P and Romeo's reconciliation. Love this. Love this. Buster wrote in P's comments section while Ludacris suggested they should frame the photo. My dad dead. I hated seeing that. Meek added somewhat um, mournfully. Master P and Romeo's feud began when the latter appeared to call out his father for posting about the recent suicide of DJ Steven Twitch boss but allegedly neglecting Tatiana's mental health struggles. Today was a boiling point, he wrote in an Instagram story. I seen a man avoid his own children's struggle with suicide and depression, but post another man who passed who passed today that he doesn't even know. Y'all idols be lost. Better stop following the blind. Watch when it's revealed. Romeo continued to take shots at Master P in a poem um, titled The Tree of Trauma, in which he posed questions to his father, such as, why is it that I'm soaring and my siblings are not? And how come it took my daughter being born to finally realize that we have blindly been feeding the enemy? The No Limit Records founder hit back at his estranged son, accusing him of being ungrateful for the upbringing and and opportunities he provided him while telling him he won't tolerate disrespect. This generation of kids need to stop blaming their parents for everything. How they how do they think they got to where they are without um, their parents making sacrifices for them? P responded on Instagram: "Mental illness is real and." So many families are tragically affected by it, especially when there is added trauma, like a death of a loved, loved 
on. Love one, actually. After advertising that social media isn't a good place for healing, P turned his attention to Romeo. Son, I love you. Stop trying to get people to feel sorry for me, for you. And let's come up with a solution, he wrote. You can come talk to your father and your family like a man. You have kids too. No family is perfect, but together with God, we can heal and get through this. The caption read, I wouldn't wish this on no parent, especially when you try to do everything you can you can for your kids. Um, and he added, Romeo Miller, um, what's the plan? You are either part of the problem or the solution. I love you, and the door is always open for you, but I won't tolerate disrespect. I haven't talked to you or seen you in months. God knows I've tried to do my best. The fight continued to unfold on social media with Romeo accusing his father of rebuffing his attempts to reconnect with him, um, portraying an image to the public that is false and withholding earnings from the family's rap snacks brand. Master P, Meanwhile, labeled his son entitled and spoiled while claiming his grievances were all were about money, not Tatiana's death. Okay. Well, look, I think I think everybody kind of knew that social media may not be the, the best place to hash out your problems and stuff. Um I mean, sure, it may it may work for some people, but it may not work for everybody. And for the most part, for the most part, I I feel like, you know, after you know, you know, after losing somebody like this, it's just it's it's just it can take it could really take a toll of a person in an overwhelming way and yes and yes i do agree that talking things out sometimes sometimes can be very therapeutic and yes i do believe that tom does heal all wounds now it's not going to now it's not going to alleviate um hang on a minute here yeah it's not going to alleviate the um the emotional scars but i know for a fact that it will relieve the pain and the hurt feel what I'm saying and and you know pretty glad that um that they that really settled their differences you know what I mean so that's actually good on their part though man you know nobody nobody sometimes needs to see all this shit though man you know what I'm saying you know I guess the moral of the story is sometimes you know, do things behind closed doors sometimes. You, you feel what I'm saying? 
oh, hope this is a this is a learning lesson um to actually learn, you know what I'm saying? That's just a learning moment to actually take from this stuff. So that's pretty much what I take from it right here. Um All right, so let's see. Let's see what else we got some we got another messy situation here. We got another messy situation here involving Tory Lanes. Tory Lanes. How about that? Um we got another messy situation. Oh man. Um let's see. We got another messy situation. Hold on a minute here. Um, um Okay. All right. So all right, so Rapatory Lanes was found guilty in the Los Angeles trial over the 2020 roadside shooting of Megan D. Stallion, the jury announced Friday. Lanes, whose real name is Daystar Peterson, was found guilty of all three felony firearm counts over an incident in which fellow rapper Megan D. Stallion, whose real name is Megan Pete, alleged he shot her in the feet after they left a Hollywood Hills party at Kylie Jenner's home in 2020. Peterson was convicted on one felony count each of assault with a semi-automatic firearm, negligent discharge of a firearm, and carrying a, a loaded unregistered firearm in a vehicle. The Canadian rapper pleaded not guilty in November 2020 and faces up to 22 years and eight months in prison, along with subsequent deportation. A sentencing hearing is set for January the 27th. Oops, that's no one. I want to start by highlighting the bravery that Megan Pete, um, Los Angeles County District Attorney George um, Gascon said, in a statement, you showed incredible courage and vulnerability with your testimony, despite repeated and grotesque attacks that you did not deserve. You faced unjust and despicable scrutiny that no woman should ever face, and you have been an inspiration to others across LA County and the nation. Women, especially Black women, are afraid to report crimes like assault and sexual violence because they are too often not believed. This trial for the second time this month highlighted the numerous ways that our society must do better for women. I also like to thank the jurors for their time and thoughtful deliberation and our trial team for their tireless pursuit of the truth. You spent countless hours away from your families during the holiday season preparing this case and finding justice for Miss Pete. Your sacrifice is appreciated. Pete suffered wounds, wounds to her feet that she described to police at the scene as the result of broken glass, but later claimed were caused by gunshots from Peterson, a surgeon who operated on Pete um, after the altercation took the stand to confirm he had removed bullet fragments from her feet. 
Peterson repeatedly denied that he was the one who shot at Pete on July 12, 2020. The trial began December 12th with testimony from Pete herself, who claimed Peterson had shot her in an emotional retelling of the roadside assault. She told the jury, I wish Peterson had just shot and killed me. The defense went on to argue that this was a case about jealousy between Pete and, and Kelsey Harris, her former friend and ex-assistant, who both allegedly had intimate relationships with Peterson. Harris was described as a key witness for the prosecution, but on the stand, she claimed she either didn't see or couldn't remember the circumstances or of the shooting due to consumption of alcohol that night. And because she was dealing with anxiety and postpartum depression, she was not able to def definitely confirm that Peterson had shot the gun. Harris also told the, the court that her estranged friend Pete had painted the picture that I betrayed her. Harris testifies, she painted the picture that I'm this bad person, bad friend, that I took hush money. There are many lies. She also vehemently denied the claim that she was one, she was the one who shot Pete and made speculation implied that Peterson's defense team who argued their client's DNA was not found on the weapon. Moreover, Harris denied ever hearing Peterson say the now infamous line dance bitch with as he allegedly shot at Pete's feet, which the Houston born rapper has repeatedly claimed she since she first accused Peterson of the crime in 2020. During closing arguments, Deputy District Attorney Alexander Bott reminded that reminded the jury that the case was about Pete. He displayed a photo of the rapper as he quoted her testimony. It feels like every man with a position of power in the music industry, even people who are not even rappers, they never even cared about what my side of the story was, Pete said. Peterson's attorney, <laughs> um, Peterson's attorney um, told the jury this case is about sexual relationships and contended that the events of those nights had occurred because Pete and Harris had a heated and drunken dispute about disloyalty since they were both allegedly sleeping with Peterson. To this, Deputy District Attorney Kathy Ta argued that the case was about the shooting, not sex. She, like Bot, pointed to Pete's original testimony where she said, the whole story has not been about the shooting. It's only been about who sh who is Tori having sex with. The trial, the trial has um, consumed the hip hop industry and, the, and its media coverage, coverage since it began. Much like the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial from earlier this year, enveloped the entertainment world a bet on a small scale. On, a, on his recent album, Her Loss, Drake made a reference to Pete saying, this bitch lie about getting shots, but she's still a stallion. Pete responded to Drake on Twitter, hitting back and writing, stop using my shooting for clout, bitch ass nigga. <laughs> 
since since when the fuck is it cool to joke about women getting shot? You niggas, especially rap rap niggas, are lame. Ready to boycott about shoes and clothes, but dogpile on a black woman when she say one of y'all homies abused her. Um, let's see. All right, X-rays. There's been some X-rays. All right, so there's been some X-rays. So Megan Thee Stallion's X-rays of her feet being feet after being shot have made their rounds online. In the photos retrieved by Neek at night, the X-rays show. Excuse me, the entertainer's foot with metal fragments located in her heel showing where the bullets were after the shooting along with the photos of her feet there were also photographs of the crime scene with bloody luggage a towel and a firearm that was used in the shooting megan de stallion's former assistant and friend kelsey harris was also pictured in the set of images reviewing black and blue bruises along her thighs and missing pieces of hair from a drunken altercation with Tory Lanes. Additionally obtained by the neighbor, neighborhood talk, a clip featuring Megan in the back of an ambulance truck being transported to a nearby hospital is captured by a police officer's body cam. The Houston rapper can be heard in a video crying hysterically seated down and glancing around the room while while wearing a mask a mask on that july 2020 night in the aftermath of tory rings being found guilty in the 2020 um shooting trial the phone call between lanes and harris also leaked online um on thursday december 29th 2022 neek at night uploaded audio from the duo's phone conversation. The call rap. The call appears to have taken place after the shooting occurred. The Brantham, Canada artist sounded depleted over the phone, asking how the Houston hottie was doing and what hospital she was being transported to. After Harris gives her location, the artist, legally known as Daystar Peterson begins to explain his reasoning for his actions without explicitly mentioning what it is he's done. I know Megan probably never ever gonna talk to me ever again, but I just want you to know, bruh, I was just so fucking drunk that I I ain't even know what the fuck was going on. He asserted. I ain't never do some shit like that. I didn't even understand what the fuck was going on. Regardless, though, that's not going to make anything right. And it's not going to make my actions right. I'm just deeply deeply sorry. Um, I'll say this, though, man. I'll say this, though, before we get to the next topic right here. This is the stupidest thing. This is like the stupidest thing that he's ever done. All right? This is the stupidest shit. The, the, like, he has a lot of fucking nerve right now. He has a lot of fucking nerve right now. Because 
<laughs> as that x-ray as the picture of the x-ray it wasn't glass it was it was it was metal bullet fragments there's a difference between metal bullets fragments and glass there's a big difference <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's all about the impact you know what i'm saying it's all about the impact and and he look he's not gonna weasel himself out of this mess anyway man like he's gonna he's gonna get sentenced anyway by january the 27th anyway so i don't see how he's gonna get himself out of this anyway so we have to wait and see he's i don't know man he's not out of the woods anyway man i'm he's really not out of the woods so <laughs> he really he really ruined his damn career and his life man you know what i mean and that really sucks All right, on to the next topic here, man. Okay, all right, we got some other shit to talk about. Hold on a minute. Let's see. Let's see. Um, yeah. Um, we needed. We need to actually. Uh, um. Yeah. So a little recap of what went down on New Year's Eve. Let's do a little recap. So, revelers wait in the rain at Times Square for the midnight ball drop for the New Year's Eve celebration on December 31st, 2022 in New York City. Revelers return to a full-scale event after two years of scaled-back celebrations in response to the coronavirus slamdemic. Revelers wait in the rain at Times Square for the midnight ball um, dropped for the New Year's Eve celebration on December 31st in New York City. Yes, that's crazy, man. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah. So, people gather to celebrate the New Year and await the ball to drop at Times Square, New York City on December 31st. Yeah. So, So it's like, let me see. Oh, so revelers wait in pens after arriving more than eight hours early ahead of New Year's Eve celebration in Times Square on December 31st, 2022 in New York City. This year's New Year's Eve, um, New Year's Eve returned to pre-COVID-19 slandemic numbers with around 1 million people estimated to fill the Times Square area. Okay. Um. Uh, let's see. Yeah. So, you know, the people didn't, more of the story is, 
they didn't let no misty rain actually stop them. So that's pretty much what this is. They didn't, they wanted to actually celebrate the new year. So that's pretty much what this is. So they ain't let not they ain't let no rain stop them from watching the ball drop. So I'm glad the people actually was brave enough to actually do this. So so yeah, there you have it. There you have it right there. Um and um of course there's there's been confettis and everything just spilled after after the ball dropped to the new year. So that's pretty much what this is. Anyway, and, and other messy, messy related stuff that we got to get to, man. Involving 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 Nick Cannon and Akon. First we go to Nick Cannon. The Wild and Out host H42 appeared in the latest installment of the checkup with Dr. Um Agus on Paramount Plus and opened up about being a father of 11. Being a father of multiple kids, it's always the biggest guilt on me is that I don't get to spend enough time with all my children, said Cannon, who is currently expecting his 12th child with Alyssa Scott. One, cause I'm constantly working, and two, because I'm just spread thin, he explained. Also, during the sit-down, Cannon shared why he and Scott did not want their first baby son, Zen, to undergo chemotherapy after he was diagnosed with brain cancer. Zen died at five months old last December. He was healthy, active, always smiling. Cannon said of his baby boy's early days, until around two months old, he noticed the infant's interesting breathing patterns. We also noticed his head was a little larger, but all my kids have big heads. I was a big-headed baby cannon at it. Um, suspecting Zen might have asthma, the parents took him to a doctor's appointment where his physician was immediately concerned with the size of the baby's head, which was the sign, the first sign, something was occurring. Zen was diagnosed with high-grade um, glioma, a rare and aggressive form of brain cancer. Cannon and Scott were presented with the option of chemo chemotherapy as a course of treatment. When it came to chemo, Cannon asked if that would extend Zen's life or lessen his suffering, to which they told him not really because of the placement of the tumor. <sighs> Man, seeing your son hooked up to all those machines and he had to go for a shunt two or three times, and that was heartbreaking every time, even in that short amount of time, I couldn't imagine him having to go through chemo. Cannon experienced a form of chemo himself as a treatment for his lupus and knew what 
that did to me. In addition to Zen and his baby on the way with Scott, Cannon also shares son's rise, rise Messiah 11 weeks and golden golden Saigon age five, as well as daughter powerful queen 24 months with model Brittany Bell. He also he is also dad to daughter beautiful Zeppelin one month and twins Zion and Zillion 18 months with Abby De La Rosa as well as 11 year old twins Monroe and Moroccan with ex-wife Mariah Carey. He also shares son legendary love five months with model Bree Ticey and welcome daughter Onyx Ice Cole with former Prices Right model Lanisha Cole three months. Okay, Akon chimes in. Okay, let's let's talk about that one right there. Um. Akon sees nothing wrong with Nick Cannon's parenting choices. In fact, he's 1,000% agrees with them. During a recent appearance on the ZZ Mills show, Akon was asked to share his thoughts on Cannon's ever-growing brood and the controversy surrounding his unconventional unconventional family. Since 20... Hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Since 2011, the Wild Not host was has welcomed 11 children with multiple women and is suspecting his 12th with Alyssa Scott in the upcoming months. Though Cannon has been constantly mocked and criticized for having so many kids and baby mamas, Akon insisted Cannon was living life the way it was intended. Do you agree with Nick Cannon and his spreading of his seed, Mills asked? I agree with him 1000%. That's how life is supposed to be Akon replied why not he's rich he's responsible he takes care of every one of those children and the baby mothers are with it and they hurt for nothing and they live comfortably mills pushed back on Akon's defense saying many men falsely believe that financial support is all they need from a father Akon said that wasn't the case for cannon He's there for every one of them, he fired back. He's there for every single one of those kids. I got nine kids, and I'm there for every one of mine. So every single time, every every time so every single time you are at every single recital, Mills asked. No, that's a white man's thing. Who gives a fuck about a recital? He said. No, seriously, listen, my job is to raise my kids to be responsible, to be understanding to protect their mother to give a hand with their father and to assist with family planning and to be responsible adults now guess what i'm while i'm taking care of my responsibility to, to make sure the family has a roof over their head and food if i have time have the time to do that and show love yes i will do that but my responsibility is to make sure they grow up responsible and strong he went on to say that, that communication is important, but admitted he can't always physically be there for his kids. He said it was the mother's job to be with the children. 
while the father's job is to provide comfort for the mother and the kids. You can't expect him. You can't expect a man to conquer the world if he's there with his children. He continued. Mills then questioned why he couldn't have just a few children, which would make which would make it easier for them to join him during his travels around the world. Akon wasn't thrilled with that idea. Why would you want to take children all around the world with a man? He asked. That's a woman. Nistic, that's so womanistic. What man do you know is gonna run around with his children? You know how weak that looks. Who does that? That's crazy, man. Look, I'll say this. I'm. I'll say this though, man. Um, look now. Between, man, between between Nick Cannon and Akon having multiple kids and stuff, to be honest, I don't know, man. That has to be, because that has to be very overwhelming for a dad. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like you know, I'm, like, it. I kind of get the uh, the fact that you're not going to be there for everything that the kids are doing as far as extracurricular activities, um, whether it's like, you know, whether it's recitals, whether it's taking them to prom, whatever it is, that has to be hard though, man. And he, and, and I'm like, damn son, like, 12 kids look let me tell you let me tell you something let me tell you something you can have all the kids all you can have all the kids and all the money in the world you want right but the only thing you cannot put a price on is the amount of time you spend with your sons and daughters that's something you cannot get back that's something you can't get back. And, and you know, like at some point you're gonna have to know. <laughs> at some point, you're gonna have to know that at a breaking point, you're gonna have to know that enough is enough. Because no matter what you try to do to be a provider, you're still not going to be happy. I mean, you're not going to be able to please every single person, every single baby mama or, or anything else like that, though, man. But, yeah, you're doing your best. You're doing your best and stuff. That's commendable. But it's like, like I said, you know, you, you know, you can't please fucking everybody. You can't f fucking please everybody. I get that. But at the same token, at the same token, you're going to have to realize that enough is enough because it creates a lot of stress. 
it creates a lot of stress and and you and you're gonna and you're gonna and you're gonna actually you know struggle with find with finding a sitter yeah i mean you know what i'm saying look that's all that's all i gotta say on that one right there man look when is enough is enough man i mean you could be rich like i said you, you can be rich all you want but you can't put a price on time you understand what i'm saying folks <laughs> you know what i'm saying like you have to i think it's all about how you how you um prioritize things how you set your schedule how you how you do things and it's basically all about how you fucking move period Okay, Kim Kardashian. Actually, it's my first time actually doing this. So, anyway, um, and this is according to um an article from the thing the things website. <laughs> okay, so so Kim Kardashian takes her security seriously and recently sought a restraining order. Since the launch of the reality TV show in 2007, the Kardashian family has found major success. Their shows presented a world of once brewing fame and fortune showcasing the fiery personality of each family member. However, the show very quickly grew in popularity, skyrocketing the Kardashians to become one of Hollywood's most talked about families of all time. Now, many of them own highly successful businesses and have accumulated swaths, swaths of loyal fans across their social media platforms. Yes. However, with fame comes consequences. Consequences the family has had to tackle head on. Some of these consequences have some of these consequences include having to deal with the invasions of privacy, such as over-the-top paparazzi and crazy stalkers. Both of these are common problems for celebrities, with some even start stating that they feel like a zoo, like zoo animals. Now, Ken Kardashian is taking action. As the Kardashians have grown in popularity and fame, they had they have had to implement safety measures to protect themselves and family. Unsurprisingly, it turns out that the family takes the issue of security very seriously, leaving no stone un unturned. Um, oops. Uh, first, they, they hire security guards who have strict protocols that they must follow. Some of these include being prepared to fight off attackers and not being allowed to talk to the press. They follow the family wherever they go. The security is around them at all times. Other usernames include having, having state-of-the-art security systems installed with Kanye 
even showing up for armored vehicles in the past. According to, to Caitlyn Jenner, the family also spends more than most celebrities on security measures. Talking to People Magazine, she explained, I bet you Kylie will spend anywhere between $300,000 and $400,000 a month. However, considering the heights of their fame, it seems to make sense that they would take such measures to protect themselves. Despite having such high levels of security, the Kardashian family still occasionally has to deal with completely psychotic stalkers. More recently, Kim Kardashian has found herself with a stalker on her hands and had she had to go to extreme lengths to resolve the problem. According to page six, the stalker had claimed that he and Kim both communicated with one another telepathically, showing up at her home three times in the month of August. During these violations of her privacy, the man named Andre Prasad claimed to be armed, leading to Kim fearing that he could become violent. The restraining order is set to last for a a total of five years and he will not be allowed to come within 100 yards of the social light however this is not the first time that kim has had to deal with stalkers of course over the course of her career kim has had to deal with a string of stalkers in 2021 another another one of kim's stalkers known as nicholas Costanza violated the terms of his five-year restraining order against um, the reality star when he was found trespassing at her home. Before the incident, he had to he had also sent her a diamond ring and Plan B morning after pill to, to the star and had even been accused of harassing her family. Following the incident, he was arrested with a stalking charge. Aside from Ken, Kim, Kendall, and Kylie have also been victims of deranged stalkers. In earlier seasons of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, fans witnessed Kylie received a ton of pizza boxes, which she hasn't ordered, with a message asking the reality star to marry them. Of course, Chris responds vigilantly. However, since the moment was cap- captured, Kylie has had to deal with plenty of other stalkers in in 2021 an obsessed fan violated a restraining order that she had against them turning up at her house several times including the day after christmas following the incident he was arrested um anyway um, let's see restraining order against kanye actually that's what i was trying to find um yes so um let me see let me see let me see let me see that's crazy man that's really crazy um um
And also, um, in case you haven't noticed, Kim Kardashian and Kanye West are officially divorced after Kim filed all the way back in January 2021. And the whole nearly two-year process was a slightly mysterious ride. Like, things seemed tense. Then things seemed fine. Then Kim started dating Pete Davidson, a well, Pistol Pete Davidson, as Michael Rappaport would actually say. Um, and then Kanye made public statements about them getting back together and bought a house across the street from Kim's place. Honestly, there was a lot going on and updates came every day. So we went ahead to and put it, put it all in one place for you, this timeline. So quick note. Though this is a reverse chronicle chronological order, so that you get the most hot off the press info first. If you want to start from day one, then go back back to the beginning and scroll right down. December 26, 2022, Kim gets emotional talking about the challenges of co-parenting with Kanye during an interview with Angie Martinez. I had the best dad. I don't want to get emotional, but it's just been a day for me. It's hard. Co-parenting, it's really fucking hard. Kim says, I had the best dad and the best experiences, and that is all I want for my kids. As long as they can have that, that is what I want for them. Kim explains um, that she tries to shield her kids from anything negative, saying, it is a full-time job it is worth it because i think that of course i want to disassociate in specific thoughts and things being said because that is not me but at the same time in my home i could be going through something but if we are riding to school and they want to listen to their dad's music no matter what we are going through i have to have that smile on my face and blast his music and sing along with my kids. I can act like nothing is wrong. And as soon as I drop them off, I can have a good cry. November 29th, 2022, Cameron, you know, Kanye and Kim's divorce is finalized. After almost two years, the former couple will share joint physical and legal custody of their four children and Kanye will pay Kim $200,000 a month in child support. Both Kim and Kanye have waived spousal support. If Kim and Kanye have ever have a dispute about their kids, they've agreed to participate in mediation. However, TMZ notes that if one of them fails to participate, the other party gets to make the decision by default and um yeah so we can't so this is just crazy man you know what i mean this is just beyond crazy and i don't think i want to actually you heard the whole story about i actually heard the story about all this already so this is just um a little a little a little um a little update on what's going on. Anyway, man, let's get in 
I'm actually glad that she took action, man. That has to be difficult for a mother like Kim Kardashian. Like, seriously. <laughs> I feel like, look, Kanye West is already in a fucking sunken place already, man. His ass is fucking butt hurt already. Like, for real. For real, though, this is just ridiculous. All right. Um, okay. Push a T. Um, Push a T is no longer the president of good music. Let me just find that story right here. Let's find that story. Um, yes, here it is. Let me see. Yes, so here it is. So, Pusha T has stepped down as the president of Good Music seven years after he was appointed to the position at Kanye West's esteemed label. In an interview with XXL, the It's Almost Dry hitmaker confirmed he was no longer affiliated with Ye's label and said he's distanced himself from the Yeezy mogul due to his recent torrent of hate speech and anti-Semitism. Pusher first spoke out against his close collaborator in November, saying Ye's derogatory comments about Jews were disappointing and and King Push reaffirmed this sentiment of two double XL. He referred specifically to comments Ye made about recently about Hitler on Alex Jones Info Wars podcast. It's beyond that. It it's beyond that, and it's nothing to tap dance around. Push said of the comments. It's wrong. Period. But to me, it's just it's just me and him having a difference of opinion yet again. Cause we done we done had this for years. He continued. He's not speaking to me now. If you ain't with it, you ain't down. And I ain't with it. I'm not budging on that. I'm not with that. I'm not with it. I heard uh, I heard about this new stuff on Infowars. I know I don't know. It's something that just sort of tells me he's not well. At the same time, I will say it's going to places where it's no way to move around it. To move around it. Yeah. Elsewhere in the interview, Push referred to Ye's alignment with his arch nemesis Drake, as well as the political disagreement they got in over the 2016 um, presidential election. Remember, I'm the one that said that that said the MAGA hat is the new Ku Klux Klan hood while he's making my album, Push said. He beefing with former President Barack Obama. I met Obama. But it's the same thing with him and the Drake thing. I'm going through this and that. He's doing shows with Drake. 
he added that the last time he spoke to Ye was while he was in the midst of his It's Almost Dry tour. And while they continued to disagree, Push said that Ye was grateful he wasn't dragging his name through the mud. I just expressed myself. I expressed myself to him a lot, Push said. He expressed his thoughts to me, and he got off the phone saying, thank you. I know you don't agree with me, but you never kill me in, in the public. And some people can't wait to do that. Push's comments comes as Ye, who has been criticized for weeks over his repeated anti-Semitic remarks, recently doubled down on his love of the bigoted German mass murderer Adolf Hitler during an interview with Proud Boys founder Gavin um, McInnes. McInnes in Los Angeles. So you love Jews. You you are canceled for anti-Semitism anti because you also love Hitler. But you love everyone equally, McInnes said. Yeah, Jewish people can't tell me who I can love and who I can't love, Ye replied. You can't force your pain on everyone else. Jewish people forgive Hitler today. Let it go, let it go, and stop trying to force it on other people. Good night. Most recently, the New York Post reported that a 63-year-old man was attacked while strolling through Central Park on Wednesday, December 14th, with authorities saying that the assailant made several anti-Semitic statements before yelling out, Kanye 2024 and walking off. The phrase was a reference to Ye's current presidential run. Oh my gosh, man. No way I'm voting for that motherfucker, man. I'm not voting for that motherfucker. I'm not voting for that motherfucker. No. He is a fucking coward. And... He's a fucking coward. I know I wasn't going to do any more Kanye West stories, but he's getting very stupid right now. He's stupid on the on the part about how he basically got sued, as I previously talked about. He, got, he basically got sued off of a KRS-One beat. And on top of that, his lawyers dropped him. <laughs> his lawyers dropped him. You know what I'm saying? His lawyers dropped his ass. And then and he got another lawsuit too. Like he 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 has to sell this shit. I'm sorry, but he's already he's already he's already in a fucking um he's already in a black hole as it is. He's not well. <laughs> Obviously, he's not well. The things that he says is crazy. And that's just... I just had it up to here, man. I just had it up to here, man. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, for real. For real. All right, um, let's go to, let's see, what else can we talk about here in this, hold on a minute. 
Um, okay. And another Pusha T news. He's also on the cover of Double XL. Pusha T is claiming what he feels is rightfully his, the best rap album of the year, as Double XL magazine's winter issue cover star Push opens up about creating his magnum opus. It's almost dry, a contender for best rap album at the 2023 Grammy Awards. The celebrated lyricist wants to take home the big win to help elevate, articulate, lyric-driven, taste-level hip-hop. In his cover story interview, the 20-year-old rap veteran discusses everything, uh, including the greatness in beats and rhymes on his album, the Grammys, marriages, fatherhood, his past beef with Drake, no longer speaking to Kanye West, plans for his next project, and more. On having the best rapping, excuse me, the best rap album of the year, I'm very focused on what it is that I, that I do. Coming in saying this is the best album of the year, no. This is the best rap album of the year because I know what I did. I nailed that. All the best album of the year talk and all that, I don't know. That ain't what's pure to me. What's pure to me is rap. In this rap space, give me mine. On his desire to win a Grammy for It's Almost Dry, I'm trying to win that Grammy, but I'm trying to walk. I want you to see it. People got to see it. They need to see it. The next generation got to see it. The streets got to see it. They got to understand it. This is all built from y'all. That's the most important part to me. On his beef with Drake, every time I hear a subliminal, a subliminal in one of his songs, it just lets me know how deep it hurts him. Because it's been four years now, and we still talking about it. He he is. I don't. I'm cool. But every time it's a subliminal, I'm like, yes, it burns. It still burns. Let me know. I love it. On being a dad, my son is the best thing ever. He's the best verse I've ever written. It's just a discovery every every day of him and discovering himself. I just love everything about that kid. I feel like I totally understand him. Um, I understand him. Hang on a minute. I feel like I understand him. Um... Yeah. I feel like I understand him. I feel like I totally understand him. It's a different, different kind of bond. It's priceless. On no on his beef with Drake, every time I hear a subliminal, yeah. Yeah. Um on no longer speaking to Kanye West. He's not speaking to me now. If you ain't with it, you ain't down. And I ain't with it. And I'm not budging on that. I'm not with it. I heard about this new stuff on InfoWars. I, I don't know. It's something that just sort of tells me he's not well. At the same time, I will say that it's, it's going to places where it's no way to, to move around it. 
on plans on his next album definitely working on another solo album just gathering a whole bunch of ideas i never stopped really working i sort of made a three-year plan and i'm trying to follow it we we get past we get past the grammys it's back to back to back so that's pretty much what the what he talked about here um so yeah Yeah, so you can check it out for yourselves on on doublexlmag.com as far as the as far as the magazine itself, the winter edition. So there you have it right there. And um let me see, let me see, let me see. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute here. Yes. Um, yes. Let me talk about this terrible story here. A young girl believed to be between four and six years old was found wandering a Bronx street alone on New Year's Eve. Police said cops were able to track down the child's parents, who could now be facing charges. And NYPD said Sunday. The department earlier had released a photo of the unidentified brown-haired girl who was spotted walking by herself on Leland Avenue near Gleason Avenue in Parkchester at around 6.25 p.m. on Saturday. That's, that's, that has to be scary, man. Um, She was found wearing a pink jacket and brown tights with a unicorn design, the NYPD said in a news release about the job. The girl was taken to Jacoby Hospital for a medical evaluation. Investigators were trying to determine how she ended up alone, a police spokesperson said. They are pulling up the video. The spokesperson said they are trying to ascertain what happened. Of course, anyone with any information in regard to this incident is asked to call the NYPD's Crime Stoppers hotline at 1-800-577-TIPS, um, which is also 8477, or for Spanish, 1-887-57-PISTA-74782. The public can also submit their tips by logging onto the Crime Stoppers website at Hold on. Yes, the website is crimestoppers.nypdonline.org or on Twitter at NYPD Tips. All calls are strictly confidential. Yeah, one thing I gotta say about Pusha T, man. Um, I'm really glad that he actually distanced himself away from Kanye West, man. To be quite honest with you, I wouldn't even want to be around him, to be honest with you, because the guy is just fucking poison. He's poison. Like, he's a danger to himself. And and I get the, the whole idea 
the whole idea i get the whole idea separate the artist from the person but when you repeat the same pattern of wrongdoings that you keep doing nobody's gonna be nobody's gonna be there nobody's gonna be there and i feel like with with the people he pushed away including john legend and all the other people all these other people he is he's suffering he's he's already suffering the consequences already man so so one thing i gotta say about this is that his goose is cooked Yes. All right. So let's get to. All right. Let's get to uh, Claudia Jordan. Forgot about that too. Hold on a minute. Yes, Claudia Jordan, and I'll do. Um, then I'll do French Montana. Okay. All right, so this is a recap for um, for um, months ago, right? So former deal, no deal model Claudia Jordan is sticking up for the other briefcase briefcase models on the game show, saying Meghan Markle's claims about being forced to become a briefcase bimbo just ain't right. Um, the Real Housewives of Atlanta alum joined Teams Live Wednesday saying she had no clue the, the Duchess of Sussex had such negative feelings about being on the show and felt her comments were a little unfair for the rest of the models. Megan felt like the models were objectified for their looks and were never able to showcase their brains. Claudia says there were there were lots of briefcase models with brains, including Stacy Gardner, who passed the bar exam while she was on the show. But as Claudia says, it was no secret they signed up for a modeling gig, and clearly Megan knew that. Um, Claudia has um, been a fierce defender of Megan saying the racist treatment she got from the British press and the treatment she's generally got from the Royals were was appalling. But the deal or no deal comp complaint is different. Of course, Claudia has a great example of why Megan's off base on this one and it, and it involves strippers. All right, on to... On to, on to, let me see, let me see, let me see, before I forget, before I forget. Um, yes, here we go. Um, all right, so French Montana. Um, okay, Morocco's time. TMZ.com. Morocco's time in the World Cup might be done, but French Montana made sure this year's team will never be forgotten, immortalizing the squad with a new song on Wednesday. The Casablanca native dropped the new tune, 
just before the national team's epic World Cup run came to an end against France. And it's awesome. French Montana rapped in fluent Arabic over a dance beat and spliced in highlights of the team in the song's music video. The 38-year-old also included in the vid clips of his wild celebration with fellow fellow Moroccans in Times Square earlier this month. French had hoped the song would inspire the team against Fr France in the tournament's semifinal game, but he had, but he said he considered a loss still a win for his home country. If they lose, they still win because Morocco has never made it this far, French said. I'm so proud of this team and to call Morocco my home. Morocco has blank, blanked in their contest with France, but they still have a chance to win third place in the tournament when they take the Croatia on Saturday. This really happened. Um, and um, something tells us, Something tells us French Montana will be locked into that one. Well, okay, so let's get into. I want to get into. I haven't had a chance to touch base on things to do in LA because I've been like trying to keep track of. Um, I've been trying to keep track of like um, the things in New York. So let's do LA first, though. Let's do LA. Let's do LA. Um, all right, let's do LA. Hold on a minute here. Okay, so I'm um all right, so let's get to things to do for the weekend in LA. Um so the Lunar New Year Festival in Monterey, Monterey Park. Of course, ringing the, the Lunar New Year in the hearts of LA's Chinese community at this annual two-day Monterey Park Festival. This street fair takes over five blocks of downtown Monterey Park with folk art, delectable bites, and a carnival zone. The action kicks off Saturday morning with firecrackers and dragon and lion dances. Past fests have brought in over 100,000 people over so plan ahead. The city suggests um, utilizing the free parking shuttles at Mark Keppel High School. Um, 501 E. Hellman Avenue and El Repetto Elementary School, 650 Grand Ridge Avenue. Um, okay, so let's see about tickets. Well, I think it's free. No, it's free. This is a free event. Um, this is a free event, and the website is www.monetarypark.ca.gov slash 669 slash Lunar New Year Festival. And the location will be announced. And it starts from 
Saturday, 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. Sunday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. All right. Um. Okay, let's see what else we got going on here. Um. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um. Hmm. Um, let's see what we got here, man. Um, okay, LA born out online based mini mark on combat. BAP Mart is heading IRL for Lunar New Year with a pop-up at San Gabriel's Blossom Market Hall. The food hall will host a selection of um, AAPI makers, including a collab with artist Heather Lynn Aquino on a rabbit hat. Okay, so let's get into it. Um... And this is for January 21st coming up. And, and of course, um, it's located, Blossom Market Hall is located at 264 South Mission Drive, San Gabriel, California, 91776. And, and the opening hours is from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. So there you have it right there. And you can check out the website, www.bostonmarkethall.com slash event combat mark pop-up shop seven for more information and details. And um, by the way, um, by the way, the, uh, by the way, it is, by the way, the Lunar New Year Festival in Monetary Park is from January 21st to January 22nd coming up. Um and uh and yeah, Pasadena Cheeseburger Week. One fateful afternoon in 1924, Lionel Sternbrenner Sternberger, excuse me, contemplated the hamburger he was cooking up at Pasadena's right spot and thought it would it needed a little something extra, a simple slice of American cheese later, and the cheeseburger was born, spawning hundreds of variations across the country and inspiring Pasadena to celebrate its prodigal son with a week uh, dedicated to all things cheeseburger. Um, choose from a few dozen Pasadena restaurants to take advantage of burger deals and special creations and vote in the Cheeseburger Challenge. The annual week-long celebration only confirms what Sternberger knew all along. Everything tastes, tastes better with cheese. Okay, so... Um, all right, so so it's in various locations. 
prices is very so you might want to check out their website for more information which is www.pasadenarestaurantweek.com for more details and information and it's and it's in various locations starting january 22nd which is sunday monday january 23rd tuesday january 24th wednesday january 25th thursday january 26th and friday january 27th all right all right so let's go on to let's go on to uh let's see um let's go on to um Let's go on to New York City. And this is from, what, the 16th through the 20th. Okay, so let's get to that. Um, All right, so, so things to do, things to do. Okay, so you got the Lunar, you have the Lunar New Year at Hudson Yards. See traditional line dances and ribbon twirling in this event series hosted at the shops at Hudson Hudson Yards in partnership with the New York Chinese Cultural Center. Performances will be held every Saturday from January 17th through February 6th, a trail of decor, including lanterns, reefs, and more will greet you inside the mall. If you spend $188 or more on the same day anywhere inside the shops and restaurants, you'll score a complimentary gift of bamboo chopsticks and a silk sleeve at the course desk on level one. Okay. Um, let me make sure that I cover this. Um, and... The event is free, by the way, folks. Um, and you can check out the web their website, which is um, www.hudsonyardsnewyork.com slash events slash celebrate Lunar New Year Hudson Yards. It's a free event. All right, so let's get to let me and let's get to uh let's see uh Let's get to another event um, that's interesting. Oh, NYC Restaurant Week. Yeah, how interesting. Okay, so New York City Restaurant Week comes but twice a year, and reservations for the winter edition are open now. Tables are available for brunch, lunch, and dinner at more than 500 restaurants city citywide from January 17th through February 12th. This year's price points are $30, $45 and $60 for two and three course lunch and dinner menus on the days of each venue's choosing. With so many sensational new restaurants, romantic spots, and NYC classics, and so little time to taste them all, it can be hard to narrow the field. We've got your guide to, to the best places to visit during NYC Restaurant Week this winter. Okay. Uh, right. So let's get to 
Wait, 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 wait. So, all right. So, reservations. So, you got the Fulton. So, you have the Fulton. Um, you have Tribeca Grill. There's the ballroom at the Modern. Kokomo. Iris. Temple Court. And also there's Bar Bar. Um, Cathedral. Um, Blasud. The Queen and the Queen's Borough. All right. So. I think that's going to do it. That's going to do it, actually. Um. Hold on a minute here. All right. Um. I think that's going to do it, man. I'm going to wrap this up right here. So, um, let's get to the last segment of the night. And that is Strange Choices on the Go right here, right now. Let's get into it right now. Y'all know what to do. Y'all listeners and folks know what to do. You like what you heard in today's episode or any previous episodes whatsoever, including the topics that's being discussed today. Feel free to show some love by following Off the Meat Rack Chains New York podcast on Facebook, along with Instagram, alongside with my other shows that I do on a weekly basis, which is excellent fun vibrant talks podcast and the review show meticulous vibe juice podcast and you can also follow me on the gram as well on the primary handle which is g money stacks 555 in queens new york turn your notifications for details on when each episode is going to be dropping postings on postings on which on on the days each episode is going to be dropped and um, and if you go to the link in bio where it says Linktree slash GMoneyStacks555, you're going to see a whole list of audio streaming platforms, including the ones where you can watch videos and stuff. So, um, so, and you can also leave a voice message on any any anything that you um on any topic that you um, based on what you think on the topics and stuff. So that's your part to do. And it's on anchor.fm slash gmoneystacks slash message on anchor.fm. And speaking of anchor.fm, let's start there. So Anchor, Audacity, Audible, Audioburst, Amazon Music, Breaker, Castbox FM, Deezer, Listen Notes, Moon, Moon FM Podcast, Player FM, Pocket Cast, Podbay, Podfriend, Podopolo, Podorama, Podcast Index, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Podverse, Reason FM, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, 
iHeartRadio, the number one app for music, radio, and podcasts. You don't need a credit card or debit card to download these apps, including iHeartRadio. You make sure you follow my other two shows that's also on iHeartRadio, which is um, Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks Podcast. Hang on a second. Yes, make sure you follow Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks podcast, the sports edition show on iHeartRadio, alongside with um, my other one, with my other platform, which is Meticulous Vibe Juice podcast review show, the entertainment show that I do reviews on music artists, games, um, gaming news. I do. I'm starting to do. I'm already starting to do um, hip hop histories of each music artist and all the other stuff that's actually what's going to go down and and also last but not least make sure you grab that subscribe button for me on the youtube channel page of g money stacks 555 click on the noni noni bell so you'll be reminded when the show goes in the air via live stream leave a like and a comment along with the episodes and the topics that's being discussed stay tuned for more video content upcoming episodes previous episodes and share the episodes share the videos download these episodes be sure to listen stream and watch these episodes in case you miss any of them and of course tell a friend to another friend and of course share the link that says link tree slash g money stacks 555 along with the podcast with your husbands wives girlfriends boyfriends, friends, the people you cool with from work and wherever you meet new people. Um, you know what I'm saying? So that's going to do it for me, man. I'm your man, G Money Stacks. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in and rocking with me on the 227th episode of this show right here. And this is pertaining to a mess in celebrities and an avalanche in buffalo new york so there you have it right there um and remember the grind is a stop hard work pays off if you want something you have to work hard and earn it and also find your voice it's okay to be yourself at all times you don't need to you don't need to be like anybody else you can only be you. And don't worry about the stupid-ass haters who got nothing else to do, man. You know what I'm saying? Don't worry about these assholes. They are nothing. You know what I'm saying? They're not the ones that's building your dreams. It's you. Um. Also, find and look for something that clicks to you that makes you smile creatively mentally physically and spiritually that gets you into your zone while you're on your p's and q's along with tunnel vision very important to be confident in what you do and and of course and of course 
do what you love by following your goals and dreams. So that's it. I'm off this shit. Thank you very much for tuning in, listening, hanging out with me. And I'll see y'all next time in the next episode. Peace and one love. And I hope y'all enjoy yourselves. Take care of one another. Enjoy your weekend. And good night, folks. Listen, folks, if you like what you heard, I need your help on a couple things. If you like to support Off the Meat Rack Chains New York podcast, you can show some love by following the show on Facebook and Instagram with the same name at Off the Meat Rack Chains NY Podcast, O-F-F-T-H-E-M-E-A-T-R-A-C-K-C-H-A-I-N-Z. N-Y-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Alongside with my primary Instagram handle, GMoneyStacks555 in Queens, New York. And go to the YouTube channel, GMoneyStacks555. Be sure to click the subscribe button. Grab the notification bell so you can be reminded on when the show goes in the air live via live stream. More video content, upcoming episodes, Previous episodes that will automatically be posted after the recordings. Like, comment on the episodes with the topics, share the videos, download your favorite episodes, rate, spread the word to a friend, to other individuals. Please be sure to share the podcast with audio streaming choices to your friends. The audio streaming services include Anchor, Audio Burst, Breaker, Deezer, Listen Notes, Player FM, Pocket Cast, Podbay, Podfriend, Podcast Attic, Podorama, Podchaser, Reason FM, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. I'm G Money Stacks, and thank you, listeners and watchers, for tuning into the podcast. One love. <laughs>